You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As always, want to give a big shout-out to all our sports byline affiliates around the country and with the American Forces Radio Network around the world. Shout-out to the service men and women out there getting a little taste of home from Spittin' and Speeds, helping you win your league and win that cash. I got my boy, Donnie Burns, on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat. Steam, and we got a lot to talk about as we go into a Monday because you know we had a whole weekend of stuff to catch you up on here. So, first of all, as always, I'm going to be giving you my starting lineup and what pitchers you need uh, in DFS tonight to win a little bit of money. We are also going to be reacting to game two of the NBA Finals. As you know, Donnie Burns is on the record with his pick, and your boy Speeds is on the record with his pick. We'll see which of those look better at this point in time. Hint, hint, it is not Donnie. Burns. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Jeremy Macklin in a surprise move. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't realize that this was going to happen. But the Kansas City Chiefs decided to release Jeremy Macklin. We're going to talk about some places he may end up, and we're also going to talk about Colin Kaepernick again because now the Seahawks have decided to pass on Kaepernick. They signed someone else. What does that mean globally? Because you know we've been talking about that as well. And also later on, we put the fun in functional sports radio. I have news and updates on some of these other sports love triangles that we've been talking about. And I got a new one, including your girl, Rihanna. Let's see how that goes into it. And as always, we got a poll question up right there on Twitter. So you could find that at FNTSY Radio. You could also follow, find it at Spittin' Speeds. Here is your poll question for tonight. Quite frankly, who's the worst quarterback situation in the NFL? Okay. Is it, is it the Cleveland Browns? Is it the Houston Texans? Is it the San Francisco 49ers? Or is it the team that is right here in New York, the New York J-E-T-S, just and the season? I'm getting some other uh, ideas already on Twitter. You can do that on the poll. You could also holler at me at 844-843-6879. We'll be right back. Get into Major League Baseball tonight. You know what it is. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, live and direct from Studio 34, Rockin' Riley's. Let's go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, holding you down on a Monday evening right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got my boy, Donnie Burns, on the ones and twos. So hot that we sweat steam. We're going to get at him a little bit later on on his NBA Finals prediction. He said he's raring to go to talk about that. But to get started, as you know, we start with a starting lineup here. So news and notes from around Major League Baseball to start it off. Jason Wirth of the Washington Nationals is going to the DL with a foot injury. He has not played since Saturday 
where he fouled a ball off of his foot. Remember, they just got Bryce Harper back after the suspension, and now Jason Wirth is set to miss at least 10 days with that foot injury. Brewers third baseman Travis Shaw has been placed on paternity leave. He's going to be leaving the team for a couple of days to see the birth of his child. Listen, he's been good. In 51 games, he's in 292 with 10 homers, 40 ribbies. So if you have him as your third baseman, you need to make other arrangements for the next few days, but it is not injury-related. Scott Schebler is also still out. He's day-to-day with a shoulder injury after he made a diving catch on Saturday. Hasn't played since then. Also, Justin Verlander left yesterday's game in the third inning. He had a, a little bit of a tweaked groin. They got an MRI. It has come back clean. They say he should be okay to make his next start. I believe it is against the Boston Red Sox. But here's what we got to do, because here on the Fantasy Freestyle, we hold your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician accountable to what he said. And so I made you you know, some called shots over the weekend, which starters you needed to win your leagues and win that cash. I got to admit, though, I did not have the greatest of weekends. On Friday, the guy I gave you was Michael Fulmer. I told you I liked him and that uh, they were at home at minus 180, big favorites. They did, in fact, get the win. But the thing is, the Tigers won 15-5 to that game. And uh, Fulmer did, in fact, give up the five runs. He struck out five, went seven innings. So that streak of quality starts, unfortunately, was snapped. On Saturday, also, unfortunately, hey, I apologize, okay? Sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't. Hopefully, you were not just playing DFS on Saturday. Hopefully, you were out enjoying the beautiful weather as it turned to be summer. But the guys I gave you were Lance McCullers and Erwin Santana. I liked them. Neither one of them got out of the fifth inning. Santana gave up seven runs as the Angels somehow beat the Twins 7-2. to McCullers went four and a third. He did strike out eight, and the Astros did win, but he gave up three runs, did not get the quality start. On Sunday... We did a little bit better. I gave you Jesse Barrios. Jesse Barrios got you a quality start, six innings, two runs, and four strikeouts. And I told you that game between Severino and Stroman on Sunday up in Toronto was going to be very interesting. And it was. Both of them had nice outings. Severino went seven, only gave up two, struck out seven. You could have won some cash games with him. However, you may ask yourself, self? Okay, fine. I still trust in speeds. Who should I start tonight? And here's the thing. Tonight is not the best slate. There are seven games out there, and there are no real true stud pitchers going. I'll tell you, the best pitcher is probably Carlos Martinez. The only thing is, he's listed at $10,000 on FanDuel. I think that is way too costly, especially for a starter that is going to be making his start in Cincinnati at the Great American Small Park. I mean, that ball is starting to fly, especially as the weather gets warmer. I like Carlos Martinez and all, but he's just not elite enough for me to pay $10,000 on FanDuel. I think there are ways to beat him. Unfortunately, on this slate, there are not great choices. However... Here's where I'm going to give you. I'm going to go with Mike Fires. I'm going to go with Mike Fires on the Houston Astros. He is at Kansas City tonight in a game that's kicking off in about an hour, and he's listed at only 7,400 on FanDuel. Okay, this is someone you could use. Fire showed some good strikeout upside in his last start. He struck out eight and only six innings against Minnesota in his last start. And also, this guy is now pitching to stay in the rotation in Houston. And I'd want to stay in the rotation in Houston also. They got, like, the best team in the American League. They are scoring runs by the truckload. Why wouldn't you want to try to stay in that rotation with that run support as well? And he's pitching well while he is competing for his spot in the rotation. I think he has that spot, remember, because Charlie Morton was injured a few weeks back. 
And here's the thing. I've been telling you guys, I am fading the Kansas City Royals at every opportunity that I get. And now when you have the 41-win Houston Astros going up against the worst team in the American League, I think that Mike Fires can pitch, you know, decently and still be primed for a win because of the run support that he will get. He's also facing Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy on the Royals is right now 0 for 5, 0 and 5 on the season with a 5 plus ERA. So that's where I think you need to go tonight. Begrudgingly so, I tell you, Mike Fires is a cheaper option if you want to try and beat the chalk, which is Carlos Martinez. But I got something else for you. I saw something this weekend. You know, we got Donnie over here. He's a young guy. Okay, he's doing his thing. He knows how to whip and nay-nay, all that stuff. We got my man JP, the night owl. He's teaching me about all these memes, right? Because I don't know about all this, right? But I heard news of some elite prospects that are on the way, and I got to tell you, it made me feel old. Do you know who uh, scouts are raving about right now as one of the best prospects in baseball? It is an 18-year-old for the single-A Blue Jays named, oh, and you may know this name, named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's right. If you know anything about baseball, you know about his Hall of Fame caliber daddy, Vladimir Guerrero. This kid is only 18 years old, but check this out. He is hitting 327 right now, but the more impressive part to me is that he only has 25 walks and 23 strikeouts so far. You remember his daddy, the free-swinging Vladimir Guerrero? Like, this is a guy who literally, literally hit doubles to the gap on pitch-outs or on intentional walks or on balls that bounced in the dirt like he was playing cricket. Vladimir Guerrero had a strike zone from the nose to the toes, but his little kid, his boy, his baby boy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., has learned that plate discipline, has learned about that swing rate. Now, remember, this is what we have been talking about for so many other players this year that have changed this exact habit. Exhibit A is my man Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge made a you know strategic change to his approach this year to swing less, made better contact, and he's, you know, the fruits of his labor we have all seen. He's now an MVP candidate so far this year, right? But if Vlad Guerrero Jr., at only 18 years of age, already has that kind of plate discipline, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. And this kid may be on the fast track, not only to being called up by the Toronto team, but to actually making a mark at higher levels of baseball. He's not the only one, though, okay? He's not the only name that you may remember. Check this out. Another guy on this single-A Toronto's affiliate Bo Bichette. Maybe you remember Dante Bichette, but listen, his kid is doing even better. He's only 19 years old. He's hitting 378, drawing rave reviews from scouts as well. So it keeps on turning. But if you remember those names and to hear that their kids are already doing big things and on the come up, I don't know how it makes you feel, but it makes me feel, you know, like uh, past that millennial age, shall we say. But it doesn't matter here because we're going to still give you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. And another way you could do it, 
is by going to the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package. It's your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with our in-depth statistical breakdowns, our trend analysis, and our player insights. Become a waiver wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a Roto scientist. We help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you get a built-in fantasy training staff with our new injury advisor, powered by InsideInjuries.com. Get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Also, if you enter promo code free radio at checkout, you will get a special discount. That's what you need. This way you get all that information and do what you got to do to win your leagues and win that cash. Like I said, there is not a big slate of games in Major League Baseball tonight. Only one game is kicked off and the Cardinals and Reds are still definitely scoreless in the first inning. However, when we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit, okay? Because listen, the the NBA Finals are continuing right now. The series is shifting from Golden State, from the Bay Area at Oracle, over to Cleveland. Now, last year, the Golden State Warriors were up in dominant fashion 2-0, and you know how that turned out for them. This year, the Golden State Warriors are up 2-0 in dominant fashion. We will see how it turns out. We'll also see if my man Donnie Burns wants to change any of his prognostication, because as you remember, we have them both up there. We'll check in on our picks. We'll react to Game 2, all that and more. We'll, cut. we'll also check in on that poll question, talk a little Colin Kaepernick as well. I'm your man Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Stat here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network and, of course, sports byline affiliates around the country and the American Forces Radio Network. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, on the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on right back, all right? Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle. It's your boy Dane Martinez holding you down on a Monday right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got my boy Donnie Burns with me on the ones and twos. So hot that we sweat steam. If you want to get at me this hour, you can. The number is 844-843-6879. You could also catch us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. You could always follow me, ask me some questions at Spittin' Speeds. We're going to get into that poll question that we got up in a minute. But first, I got some news and notes around the NFL as we get into the cipher. I told you about it at the top of the hour. The Chiefs over the weekend released wide receiver Jeremy Macklin. This is a guy who two years ago had 87 catches, 8 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards. This is going to be a big boon for Tyree Kill, for Travis Kelsey, for Albert Wilson, and any other wide receiver on the Chiefs roster. It looks like this might be a cap-saving move. Uh, he was set to make $10 million against the cap, and the Chiefs now have that money. We're going to talk about where he might wind up a little bit later on in the show. Tom Savage is getting the majority of first-team reps for the Texans at OTAs. Remember, the rookie Deshaun Watson, many people project to start to inherit that job at some point this season. Also, Cam Newton is expected to throw in a side field next week when minicamp starts for the Carolina Panthers. Remember, I mentioned that when he had that rotator cuff injury, uh, he was not going to throw for 12 weeks. Well, he is slightly ahead of schedule. Regardless, he should be good for the real training camp, which will start in a month or two. Um, keeping it moving, though, here on the Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to get into the cipher. We're going to get into the NBA Finals, and I bring in my man, the basketball correspondent and love doctor for the Fantasy Freestyle. It's my man, Donnie Burns. And just to set it up, first of all, 
in case you don't subscribe to the Fantasy Freestyle, and thanks to everybody who does, whether it be on iTunes, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, all those places. If you're subscribed, you know that before game one, Donnie Burns made a prediction for the series. He likes the Cavs in six. Okay, I, on the other hand, was on the Warriors in six. Okay, so you can see how it's going so far. But last night was, in fact, game two. The Warriors continue to roll 132-113. And the thing is, LeBron is getting a little chippy. I don't know if you saw it, but in the postgame, he did not go up to the podium, you know, and he was, like, going back at some of the reporters, being like, hey, you're a smart guy. You know what would happen. And asking, you know, they asked him if the Warriors were a different team. He's just like, yeah, they're a different team. Very standoffish. And I've noticed that pattern with LeBron when he doesn't get his way. Sometimes he gets a little salty. But I will say this. It was great to see Steve Kerr back on the sidelines for the Golden State Warriors in Game 2. He's saying that he thinks he should be good to go throughout the rest of the series. It continues with the pace of play, okay, and the back-and-forth, up-and-down action. It continues really to look like an All-Star game, and it should because each team is sporting All-Stars everywhere you look. But the cream of the crop right now has to be this duo for Golden State. Steph Curry with his first ever playoff triple-double, 32 points, 10 boards, 11 assists. This guy went 7 of 17 from the field and hit all 14 free throws that he attempted not to be outdone. Kevin Durant, the Durantula, stays hot, the Slim Reaper, 33 points, 13 boards. He went 13 of 22 from the floor. Even Clay, who everybody has been maligning, who I think has been playing great ball, regardless of his shooting percentage, he's playing D. He even got back on it 8 out of 12 yesterday. Here's the thing. LeBron is going to put up these heroic, Herculean video game numbers. I mean, my man is averaging like 29, 13, and 11. But it's just not enough. Kyrie Irving is not playing well. He only went 8 for 23. Looked like he was playing a little hero ball, if you want to know the truth. And in game one, they lost the turnover battle 20 to 9. The Cavs won the turnover battle in game two, but it's still not going to matter if you get out-rebounded by 12 boards in the game, which they did last night in game two. So all this makes it look like the Golden State Warriors are ready to steamroll, but... This is what happened last year also. And that might be the only solace for my man, Donnie Burns, who predicted Cavs in six. You were telling me before, though, Donnie, you still feel comfortable with your prediction. Yeah, I'm still comfortable with my prediction. And here's the thing. The the bad thing about the Cavs right now is Kyrie's kind of hero ball right now, right. as you just mentioned. Um, you know, he's kind of trying to expose. If you watched the game the other night, Whenever Steph would switch on him, that was when he was trying to expose. He, he has this defense. personal thing on and Steph. And if Steph, if Steph is good at one thing on the defensive end, that is steals, and right. he is good at forcing turnovers. And Kyrie, I guess, in a sense, knows that. But that hero ball, I think he was eight for twenty-three in that game. Eight for twenty-three. He really looks bad. Um, like I mentioned before, the finals even started. They really need Tristan Thompson to get these, you know, second, third chance, you know, rebounds, and that's not happening when he's getting four rebounds. So, you know. Tristan Thompson needs to step up. Kyrie needs to take a step back. And they need to, you know... Channing Frye came in. I don't know if you at saw... At the very end, yeah. right? At the very end. And for a little bit in the beginning, he did well. So, you know, uh, you know, Tyron Lue needs to kind of notice these things. And he's got to coach better. But how are they going to put opinion. in How are they gonna put in Channing Frye when they're getting out-rebounded by 12? Isn't well, he just someone thing. who's going to try Tristan to stretch Thompson the floor? Comes in. He needs to... I know he's got, you know... Kevin Durant. 
Yeah. We were talking about this downstairs. Yeah. Uh, he's playing great defense. He um, really five is. Five blocks. He kind of – his timing on a lot of these shots now, if you watch, is excellent. He, I mean, he's blo- he blocked LeBron. So, I mean, he's playing great defense. Uh, you know, the Warriors don't ask too much of him. You know, LeBron is doing a lot more for the Cavs. Sure. You know, people are saying, oh, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. I heard that this morning. I almost shut off my TV. I'm like, come on. The recency bias is out of control. That's why you don't need to listen to these other shows and these other alternative facts and that fake news. Get what you need right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But I got to ask you, Don, you can't feel all that comfortable about our little... uh was it a wager? What, what, what did we do? Yeah, we put I mean, it up I'm, on the board. I'm never gonna, I'm, great. I'd say it's a wager. I'm, you know, I'm never going to change something like that. I, like we mentioned, you know, that happened last year. Right. And, you right. know, anything right. that anything could happen. Draymond could still get. Draymond could still get, get suspended. suspended again, so. Yeah, Zsa Zsa could get injured. You know, all sorts of things could happen. Someone could, you know, coincidentally. Uh, be in Kevin Durant's space when he takes one of those jumpers. We shall see. I got to tell you, remember we gave you those MVP odds going into the finals. Not looking good for Kyrie. <laughs> Kevin Durant at plus 220 looks like the move yep. right now, I got to tell you. But I digress. Let's keep it moving here on the Fantasy Freestyle in the Cypher. We had a poll question up, and I asked you, which is the worst quarterback situation in the league? Is it the Jets, the Browns, the Texans, or the 49ers? I also said, maybe the controversy out there in Chicago with the Bears. Remember, we had this Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubinsky action going back and forth. Right now, also, I would say, big shout out to Raul Estrada out there at Butcher58. He wants to suggest the Rams as an option as well. Remember, Jared Goff is locked in as that starting quarterback. He doesn't know where the the sun rises and sets, so I think that is possible. But right now, 39% of you say the New York Jets have the worst situation. But the other part I asked in the poll question is, should these teams try to sign Colin Kaepernick? And here's why. Because I've been talking about this. I said he was a good fit in Seattle. He actually did go work out and visit Seattle. And and Pete Carroll, their coach, is saying that... um, Cap is still a starter in this league, but then they turned around and signed Austin Davis today. They say it's because they see him as a backup and they still see Cap as kind of a starter, and he's still a starter, you know, looking for starters' money, shall we say. Remember, his base salary was $14.5 million last year before he opted out with the San Francisco 49ers. But here's the question We had a poll. And a lot of people thought it was like, oh, his skills are regressing. Oh, he won't take the money. But a lot of people also thought he was being blackballed out of the league, that there was collusion, that there was a PR nightmare going on around Colin Kaepernick. And that made me, you know, dig a little bit into it. And I got to tell you, I don't know if you've seen this, Donnie Burns, but Colin Kaepernick, when he was doing his pledge and kneeling and all that stuff, he said he was going to not only, you know, take this activism, he was going to put his money where his mouth is. And he said he was going to donate over a million dollars over 10 months. $100,000 a month to, you know, like charities and good causes and nonprofits to help, you know, continue to raise awareness. And here's the thing, Donnie, he's out of work right now. And he is still doing it. They had a PR, a release about the $100,000 that he donated to four charities and uh, nonprofit organizations just last week, the American Friends Service Committee. 
Asada's Daughters, which is helping them build a library for under-resourced kids, an organization called Grassroots Leadership, and also an, op- an operation called Helping Oppressed Mothers Endure, where they are literally buying beds for homeless single mothers and their children. Colin Kaepernick is doing this, and yet we still think somehow to sign him would be a PR nightmare? For whatever owner won't do that, why don't they just put that press release out there? That's what I don't understand. Austin Davis can get signed. Geno Smith can get signed. Now, I understand if it's a money thing, but come on. It can't be this PR thing. And Pete Carroll says that, listen, he's still good enough not only to play in this league, but to start in this league. The other person that I wanted to talk about that's in this kind of orbit as well as my man Brock Osweiler, the $72 million noose around the old franchise of the Houston Texans. He's now with Cleveland, and they asked him if he should be the starter in Cleveland as opposed to Cody Kessler or the rookie Deshaun Kaiser. And he said, get this, get this, Donnie. He says in response, I think the proof is in the film over the last two years and that his game film stands for himself for why he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That, along with his 15 touchdowns and 16 interceptions in his time as a starter, I think not. Donnie Burns, come on now. If Brock Osweiler can pop off about being a starter and Colin Kaepernick has to sit the sidelines, yet he continues to make good on his promise to donate over a million dollars to charities in need. I mean, come on now, right, Donnie? Out of all the answers he could have given, that was easily the wrong one. And there weren't many wrong ones to give. Absolutely the wrong one. And you guys are not doing wrong answering the poll questions as well. 39% of you say the Jets. 31% say the Cleveland Browns, including Brock Osweiler. 16% say the Niners, who just let Colin Kaepernick go. 14 15% say that situation in Houston with Tom Savage and the rookie Deshaun Watson. We have nominees for the Bears and the Rams as well. When we come back, we're going to switch gears, put the fun in functional sports radio, and I'm going to tell you why Rihanna is not excited about the outcomes of games one and two of the NBA Finals and why Kevin Durant probably doesn't care. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician, Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hit him up, hit him up. My man Tupac bringing us back in to the fantasy freestyle. I got my boy Donnie Burns with me on a ones and twos. So hot that we sweat steam. We are blowing up like a Samsung 7, bringing you that heat like an inconvenient truth, as Al Gore would say. Here on a Monday, we are reporting live from the, uh, you know, Studio 34 here at Rockin' Riley's right here in Midtown Manhattan. Big shout out to everyone listening on the Sports Byline affiliates around the country and, of course, the service men and women out there around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. We were talking a little bit about Colin Kaepernick before, you know, how I, I honestly don't understand, you know, it's just becoming like more and more obvious that there is actually some kind of collusion out there when we talk about Austin Davis and now backup roles are going unless Colin Kaepernick is unwilling to move off of some kind of contract demand about the kind of money that he would command to, in essence, try to compete for a backup role. I'm not sure. But um, 
What we also talked about was how Jeremy Macklin was uh, released by the Chiefs over the weekend. And so what I want to do is I want to look at a couple of possible landing spots for Jeremy Macklin. I was going to talk about this this week anyway because we're going to start getting into some previews and some football stuff because, as you know, fantasy football is always king here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So one of the things I did was I looked anyway. I was going to try and give you the teams that in the offseason – lost the greatest percentage of their targets of their you know passing production because those would be places that you may want to see oh this number two wide receiver is going to kind of step up and be the wide out one for that team or oh i had a deep stash sleeper in my dynasty league on that team and now he may ascend for example your boy speeds the spitting statistician is rocking tyreek hill in a lot of dynasty leagues and now without jeremy macklin his value will increase so what i wanted to do was tell you about some of these situations and then to connect it to Jeremy Macklin because some of these teams that I'm going to be bringing up that lost a great percentage of their passing production and of their targets these are all viable places for Jeremy Macklin potentially to land so I want to go with the top five and Donnie Burns I know you're a ba- uh, base uh, excuse me I know you're a football guy too so you may want to chime in on some of this but The team that lost their greatest percentage of targets from last year to this year in the offseason is actually the Los Angeles Rams. And most of that was taken up by Kenny Britt, right? And he moved over to Cleveland in the offseason. They, what, signed Robert Woods. They drafted the rookie Connor Cup out of Eastern Washington. They're going to bring in, they brought in Lance Dunbar. But that offense, really, with Robert Woods and Tavon Austin, they have a lot to replace in what was a relatively consistent and reliable actual professional receiver in Kenny Britt. They lost 56% of their targets. So think about it. Even a guy like that tight end, you know, um, Higby. Even guys like, oh, well, maybe will Todd Gurley get more you know, opportunity out of the pass game this year. There's a lot of production out there. Not like the Rams produced a lot, but a lot of it is taken away with Kenny Britt moving on in the offseason. Similarly, the Cleveland Browns. They lost 50% of their targets last year, mostly in terms of Terrell Pryor and their tight end, Gary Barnage. Remember, they have Corey Coleman coming back in his second year if he stays healthy. Kenny Britt popped up there, too. They drafted David Njoku as a sleeper tight end. So maybe because Barnage is gone, maybe that means Njoku could be a sleeper as a a rising rookie tight end. Neither one of these places are places that I think Jeremy Macklin, however, will wind up. The third team in need of a wide receiver, however, the San Francisco 49ers lost 45% of their targets. Remember, they lost. That was mostly in Torrey Smith. That was, and also in Quincy Patton. Okay, now Pierre Garcon, who they signed in the off season. Listen, I think this is a boon to Pierre Garcon. Remember, Pierre Garcon also has experience playing with Kyle Shanahan in that system when Shanahan was in Washington. I think Pierre Garçon is a really good fit and he is a sleeper to get a lot more production than people may realize, okay? And behind that, what do you got? Jeremy Curley, Marcus Goodwin? Maybe a guy like Goodwin can become a take-the-top-off kind of guy and be good as a best ball play, okay? But remember, they are they have lost targets in San Francisco which is prime for free agent pickup Pierre Garçon in my opinion. Now we have the last two teams of the top five in terms of targets lost in the offseason. And both of these, in my opinion, are in 
where I think Jeremy Macklin will ultimately wind up. Before I get into that, Donnie Burns, do you have any uh, ideas, thoughts, predictions? I think there are two places where Jeremy Macklin may in fact end up, and uh, both of them lost receivers from their squad last year. Do you think uh, you got any idea, Donnie? Yeah, well, actually, just wanted to touch on the Rams real quick. Sure. I know he won't end up there, but, you know, Goff can't be checking down the whole time, and they did lose Kenny Britt, so they will have to be throwing it out wide, mm-hmm. which could open it up because if you watch Todd Gurley, he's, he's a good pass-catching back. He right. just doesn't really have the opportunity. So I did like that to be a spot, but I'm mm-hmm. curious as to the two teams you do think he does end up with. Sure. Uh, the, first, the first one I'll give you is what about the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills lost 45% of their targets, which is mostly Robert Woods, who moved to the Rams, and Goodwin, who we already mentioned, who moved to San Francisco. And here's the thing. Sammy Watkins, I cannot trust him to be healthy for any period of time. Remember, they have a new offensive scheme in Buffalo with McVay, the new head coach up there. They drafted Zay Jones as a sleeper kind of rookie wide receiver. I don't know if this team can sustain two productive wide receivers, but I don't think Sammy Watkins lasts the year. If he does, he's a breakout candidate to really get to that next tier of wideouts. But here's the other thing with Buffalo. Jeremy Macklin's former Philadelphia Eagles teammate, Shady McCoy, is apparently already lobbying for... for, uh, you know, Macklin to make the move up to Buffalo. He's a little comfortable up there. And I don't know, Don, do you think Sammy Watkins can be counted on? Who else is there? What do you think? What do you think? A little Jeremy Macklin action up in Buffalo? Is that possible? Yeah, we're actually down here with Mike Florio. And I mean, I I think it'd be a good fit. But like I said, I like him on the Rams better. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion. All right, so ask your boy Mikey Florio, the fantasy phenom over there, about my other idea. My other idea is the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, they lost 34% of their targets from last year, mostly uh, Steve Smith Sr., you know, ice up son, and also Kamar Aiken, though. Kamar Aiken, who quietly was somewhat productive for them, he's also gone from that Ravens squad. Listen, I like how they signed Danny Woodhead. You know Danny Woodhead is going to get some of those receptions. But really, they have Mike Wallace, and that's about it. Remember, I've been given these greatest shape of his life stories in OTAs, and people are now impressed with Brashard Perriman. I wouldn't hold my breath on Brashard Perriman. And I think maybe Macklin, you know, this is a team that is, is, is always kind of a playoff contender. So maybe if he wants to go somewhere where he can, you know, make a name, put Macklin on the other side of Mike Wallace... And all of a sudden, then Joe Flacco has some actual weapons. The wide receiver position for the Baltimore Ravens has been traditionally a black hole where people go to die. I think Jeremy Macklin could be helpful in Baltimore to spice it up. Uh, Donnie Burns and my boy Mikey Flory over there. What are you guys thinking about that? Yeah, so Mike and Frank are both in agreement. They do like uh, Macklin in Baltimore. Um, You know, we're kind of talking about the reasons why and, you know, the Ravens usually lack a good possession receiver. Right. And that's kind of what we're all in agreement with. So Absolutely, absolutely. Where Wallace could still be that, you know, can still be that stretch the field kind of guy with his I speed. I mean that's that's like the only thing he is good at. So that's true, he's gotta continue know. to be good be hey, good at that. We'll Otherwise, he's gonna be out of a job. Don't forget about that other guy that we always talk about, Donnie Burns. That's that stretch the field guy that I think will actually be a wide receiver to this season. We're talking about Ted, Ted Ginn, Ginn Jr. Yep. on the Ginn New Orleans Saints. So we're gonna have to uh, check in on that. But you know, 
I'll probably be up on you based on my Golden State Warriors win, but hey, I digress. You know what we do here, though? We keep the fun in functional sports radio, and now that we're talking about the NBA Finals, there's another topic. I don't know if you saw this, guys, but if you were watching, there was a star out there that was, you know, heckling, literally heckling in Game 1, and that is Rihanna. You may have saw that. You certainly saw what happened when she walked past Jeff Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson. They seem to be very pleased with what they saw in in terms of Rihanna. But if you go out there, there is footage. You know, Rihanna dabbing on the crowd. You can literally hear audio of Rihanna screaming brick when Kevin Kevin Durant is, uh, you know, when he's on the uh you know the free throw line and things like that i think that's absolutely crazy lebron you know apparently has a big fan in rihanna i've even seen you know memes memes with like she's the fourth fourth all-star to go four all-stars against four all-stars kind of like pictures with lebron kevin love kyrie and rihanna i don't know i mean this seems to be like a little thing. I don't know. You know, she does know that LeBron is like a family man now, right? I mean, how do, how do you see this? Do you think, because uh, they even asked Kevin Durant about Rihanna heckling him in the postgame conference. And he was like, what? I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. I think it's kind of crazy. I think it's kind of crazy. But, and I don't think you know about this, Donnie Burns. Kevin Durant doesn't need Rihanna. Do you know who another kind of... Uh, shall I say, famous, but in quotation marks, like D-list celebrity that uh, has experience with Kevin Durant. Kevin, uh, excuse me, Kevin Durant. I don't. Okay. I'm actually intrigued. And I wish that my man Sussmania, Greg Sussman, was here, because I know he's all about this. There is a woman by the name of Rachel. She is currently the Bachelorette right now in our, uh, you know, in our reality greatest of all time. We had the Bachelorette. The current Bachelorette, her name is Rachel. Her and uh, Kevin Durant used to date. Really? I actually didn't know that. However, I did know that Rihanna thing with LeBron is kind of like a little running thing. Like, she has a huge, huge crush, I would say, on him. Really? Yeah, that's like a thing. That was like before this even happened. And I did watch the video. I think it was her friend that yelled brick. Uh, Whatever, yo. They're clearly riding with Cleveland. She she is a big LeBron fan. I'm pretty sure she has a huge crush on him, too. Do you think that LeBron can maybe get Joel Embiid a look? Because, you know, he's he trying to holler at Rihanna. Yeah, he might, he's actually trying to do that. LeBron has a family now, so. Exactly. I, exactly. I don't know. I found it interesting, but Kevin Durant, it don't matter. But here's the thing I thought was interesting. Apparently, this, the, the current Bachelorette and Kevin Durant dated... Uh, they were both at the University of Texas together, okay? They both went to school together. And the article that I read said that it was, quote, unquote, pretty serious between them. But here's my question. How can it be serious? Kevin Durant was only there for like eight months before he left after his freshman year to go to the NBA draft. How serious of a relationship could it have been with the new bachelorette, this girl, Rachel? I think it's interesting. But regardless, KD, don't worry about what Rihanna has to say. You'll be just fine. I'm sure you're not hurting for uh, for any ladies out there. I also have an update on another love triangle that we have been talking about, Donnie Burns. Adriana Lima is in the news again. I don't know if you saw this, but there was she put a selfie uh, on her Instagram with her rocking a diamond ring, and she said, 
And I quote, what's up with the ring? It's symbolic. I'm committed to myself and my own happiness. She is fitting in now into this trend of what's called sologamy, marrying yourself. Are you familiar with this, Donnie Burns? I'm Mar- actually not. I didn't marrying know yourself. People, this is like a thing that is happening right now. It started apparently in England. This woman started a trend when she like married herself for her 40th birthday. There was a Sex in the City episode about it where like, you know, uh, uh, Sarah well, Jessica Parker. better than marrying Matt Harvey at this point. I know, and so that's what I'm saying. Maybe I think that's why Matt Harvey got rocked on Friday night. He went five innings, gave up six runs on Friday night. Maybe it's because he heard that Adriana Lima was getting engaged to herself. I don't know. Don, would you ever do that? Uh, I don't think I would do that. Not, I didn't even know you can marry yourself. So. I don't think it's like legally respected. You know hey, what I mean? I don't be. think. She's I, gorgeous, though. She doesn't really need to be doing I, that. That's what I'm saying, but you know. As you know, any news that has to do with Adriana Lima has an impact on Matt Harvey, and this is no different. When we come back, though, we're going to tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. We're going to get you ready for my guys on the Fantasy First Look coming your way. We'll check in on the scores around Major League Baseball, check in on the polls, all that and more. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle. It's your boy Dane Martinez holding you down on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As always, big shout-out to our Sports Byline affiliates around the country and the American Forces Radio Network around the world. Let's check in real quick on that poll question. Right now, even more of you. 41% say the New York Jets. I don't know about that. Listen, they at least have Josh McCown, who is an actual serviceable NFL quarterback. I feel the same way about the San Francisco 49ers here. Brian Hoyer has shown that he can be successful in the NFL. I'm not saying he's great or a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but at least he's not, you know, he's not Tom Savage and he's not Cody Kessler. I think those would be worse if you want to know the truth. Big shout out once again to, uh, who was it? It was at Butcher58, Raul Estrada, who suggested the Rams. I also think that the Bears are an option as well. I'll tell you who does know. That's those guys on Fantasy First Look. And that's what's coming up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's my man Frankie Stanfield, Mike Florio, and the Fantasy Jesus, Joe Galina. They're going to be coming in now from 8 to 10. And they're going to give you what you need to break down everything you need to win your league and win that cash. Let's go around Major League baseball real quick. There were three games going on right now. Giants and Brewers just started. They are scoreless from Milwaukee. Also scoreless, though, in the bottom of the third inning, it is Cardinals and Reds. Remember, I told you, Carlos Martinez was probably the best pitcher on the slate. I didn't like him, though, at 10,000 on FanDuel. The last game that I'll give you right now, still in the first inning, the Phillies and Tommy, uh, the Phillies put up three runs on the Braves, three nothing in the first. Tommy Joseph with uh, a home run to get it started for the Philadelphia Phillies. Right now, I got my guys from Fantasy First Look coming in. Fantasy Jesus, Joe Galina joining us right now. Let me ask you something. Who's got the worst quarterback situation in the NFL? Right now, our poll question, we have the Niners, the Jets, the Texans, and the Browns. I had a fan write in, say, the Rams. I also think the Bears are an option. I don't know. 41% of you, though, say the New York J-E-T-S just end the season. I think Josh McCown is serviceable, though. Yeah, I would 
would say so. Yeah. Browns, maybe? Browns. That's where I voted as well. Listen, that's the kind of insight you're going to get from the Fantasy Jesus starting right up next on Fantasy First Look. I'm your boy, Dane Martinez. We'll be back tomorrow. Yo, we got our big three power rankings. And also, Gary Sheffield has a platform if he was commissioner. I agree with some of it, not uh, other parts. Tune in tomorrow and find out. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. Fantasy Freestyle. Aha!